I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Andy J Podcast. Podcast. Episode 100 of the Andy J Podcast. Goodness me. Hello, you. Welcome to this landmark show. Crikey, we've had a lot of conversations to get to here. Those of you that have been listening from the beginning will know that there are several shows which aren't just one guest per show. In fact, in the early days, we had several. And then we had bonus spin-off shows and so on and so forth. But the majority, I would say... 65 70% of the episodes that we've put out have been just myself and one guest and usually for around an hour or more and I've really loved being able to do that format actually it's been really really rewarding let me tell you today's guest we have decided because it's episode 100 100 to go with someone mega someone really great someone that I admire so much I just think he's brilliant he's made me laugh for decades He is the incredible Harry Hill. Now, Harry is chatting to us about a number of things. He's going on tour later this year. If you're listening in real time, it's uh, February 2022. If you're listening in real time, he'll be on tour in October and November and probably going into 2023 and so on. But also, before then, if you'd like to see Harry live, he will be performing at the Park Theatre later this month or perhaps early March. Uh, in a show called Who Done It Unrehearsed 2, which has a whole range of amazing celebrities that will appear as a special guest in the show for one-off performances. They're handed an earpiece, they're fed the lines, and the rest of the actors, they know what they're doing. So the whole thing is basically hilarious. If you want to know more about that, do check out the Park Theatre website, because they have amazing guests that will be performing this lead role, this celebrity guest role, including Ian McKellen and Emma Thompson. And of course, Harry Hill being one of them. You heard from Clive Anderson on one of the pods just the other day. And Jez Jez Bond, of course, the man who we had as episode number 99. If you'd like to hear all about the show, do check out the Jez Bond episode because he is the brainchild of the whole thing. In fact, he's the mastermind of the Park Theatre. So that's how you can see Harry. Nonetheless, how can we hear from him? By me shutting up and introducing the amazing Harry Hill. Podcast. He's a man I have tickets to see in October. I've seen him live many, many times, and I'm going to start oh. with a question for him, which I have been dying to ask for about 20 years. It's the one and only Harry Hill. Hey, Harry. Hello there. When are you coming? Uh, when in the autumn are you coming then? I'm going to, the, I'm going to be at your tour. first show. I'm going to be at your first oh, okay. show in Guildford. Oh, Guildford, G Live. G Live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, that's uh, that's always a good one. You know, the best thing about it is you can get home after. <laughs> and, uh, I'm doing some. I'm actually trying out some stuff, you know, because I haven't toured for so long. I haven't toured for God knows nine years or something. And um, so I'm uh, I'm trying some stuff. Actually, I'm trying some stuff out tonight in some little pub in uh, East Sussex. Oh, I think fantastic! It's a pub anyway, 
Yeah, yeah. I've got a new prop, actually. I won't bring it over. But it's... Um, oh, you, from the yeah. look on your face, you kind of want to. You half want to bring yeah, the, the prop over. Yeah, it turned up last night. Shall we go and get it? Yeah. You've got to see this. Yeah. You've got to see this, <laughs> that Andy. That would be wonderful. Oh, my goodness me. The big Andy. <laughs> <laughs> It's an enormous tuba. <laughs> I should get five minutes out of that, shouldn't I? That, or, or 20. Yeah. yeah. Are you learning? Yeah. Have you learned to play it or are you just... It only turned up. It only turned up last night. Cut me some slack. I mean, I you felt know. like you were already a virtuoso on it. So there's, you're you know. nearly there. <laughs> I mean, by October... But, I mean, you're going to have to go to the yeah. gym in order to be able to do a proper session with that, aren't you? You could maybe yeah, I've got a few, you could maybe get I've the caveman outfit out again and and do the full. You know. Oh, you you're not such a fan that you've seen that though. I have maybe, seen yeah. that. I've I've you I'm, haven't. I'm a horribly fanboyy. Good um, grief! Yeah, no, it's. I've, well, I've. Where did you see it? I've only done it twice, haven't I? I be, well, I believe it? it was at the Banana Cabaret uh, in uh, Ballum. Oh, if that rings any bells. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Long time ago. <laughs> Long time ago. Now, Harry, the question that I have been dying yes. to ask you for 20 years, mm. and this is purely for me, you and I have met once before fleetingly. And it was... I thought a, you were vaguely... I, I thought you were vaguely familiar, I'll be honest. I, I, have, I have that vaguely familiar vibe about me. I th you know, most yeah. people think I'm vaguely familiar. You and I, we had a chat and it was... It was in the we're reception. We're using the same microphone, aren't we? I just noticed we're yes, using the same. You've got a better pop shield than me, but you know, it's microphone. It's the same mic. It's, mm. I'm glad you pointed it out. Sorry, yeah, carry on. We had a lovely mm. chat. It was a very strange but lovely chat. It was in reception at Grey's Inn Road, the old ITV building, right? Right. We were yes. both in to see commissioners. It was one of those okay. ones that this was quite early in my telly career, and it was after the Channel 4 stuff had finished for you. And you, right. th this is the only reason why I think you might remember it. Well, two reasons, actually. The first one is you were decked out in the most astonishing outfit. It was remarkable. You had a lot of clothes on. All of them were clashing tweed. All right. Is that okay. ringing any bells? <laughs> Lots of clothes. All of them are different tweed. It was astonishing. Yeah. It, was, it was a masterpiece oh, okay. to look at. And yes. I wondered, and I have been wondering, if that was the meeting where TV Burt was signed off. Because it well, was about it was 20 two, years ago. Mm, it was about 2000, was it? I think yeah. that was about, it was about 2000 when that got, because they commissioned me to make a show called, no one remembers this show, which was um, the all new Harry Hill show, which is like a kind of, it's just be a mainstream version of the old Channel 4 show. And, uh, but actually I was looking at some of it the other, because it was on this book tour. And um, one of the sketches was uh, the posthumous, uh, Olympics, all right, which involved basically six coffins being pushed into Richmond swimming baths <laughs> and being pulled along with uh, like outboard motors. So, and I'm not sure it, it necessarily fulfilled the brief. Did it not? Did it not but land? We, so they, they, but that was commissioned for series. But part of the deal was that they would also give me a pilot for something else. And it was this um, uh, sideways look at the week's TV, which obviously ended up as TV Burp. Yes, mm. yes. And uh, so that ran for about 10 years in the end, I think. Well, at the, at the very least, mad. do you remember the outfit, Harry? Do you remember decking yourself out? Well, I, I got rid of that coat uh, only uh, two years ago. <laughs> I got rid of it. Uh, but I still have the suit. Good, good. Because this, yeah. I mean, this, was, this was back in the day when you were still asking people if they liked the lining. The collars were still significant. You liked the lining. There was, I'm yeah. thinking maybe bringing some of that back, you know. What do you think, Andy? I, I mean, I, I was hoping there'd be a few more, you know, the... 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, ride the nostalgia wave. Why not? I mean, there's there's yeah. a whole army of people that have practiced it, have done it on each other in the pub. <laughs> you know, I mean, you ever see um, David Letterman doing? You know, I did the David Letterman show a few times, and he started doing it. Okay. He'd go, uh, yeah, 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 I've got a video of it. And he's going, you like my lining, you like my lining. Let's get that guy back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do I do have a thank you. I do have to thank you for, because obviously a lot of your comedy is educational and you did teach me the difference between stalactites and stalagmites because yeah. you, you've got to have a system. Simple way to, yeah. Yeah. It's a simple way to remember it. Yeah. 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 I feel this is going to be a very yeah. much an in-on-the-joke type of conversation. But <laughs> I'm well, just going to basically you know, bring up some of your old gags and see if you remember them. That's the- someone that did that on that book tour, someone shouted out, um, well, it was a question and answer thing, and they asked me uh, how many scoops of mash I like to have, which is obviously a reference to this old long-winded gag I had. And I, I honestly, I couldn't, I started telling it and I couldn't remember it. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think maybe there's something in there. I don't know if jokes aren't quite like songs, are they? Where if you had a hit song, you could... Um, you could sing it every night, and, uh, and and people would still want to hear it. But uh, with a joke, if you know what the the ending is, I think well, this uh, is where you could just change the ending every time. So people expect mm. you're going a certain way, and people think you're going to do it, and then suddenly, you know. Mm. But there are certain you've got beats that you know you can go to. You know you can bring out Stoufer, and that's going to get a massive, Stoufer. massive yeah. kind of applause. The badges, incidentally, on the badges, have you? Have you had any sort of thank you for saving Gareth Southgate's career? Because he he became well, a huge thing after after you had a badger call. I bumped into Gareth Southgate. I bumped into Gareth Southgate. Uh, I never saw him at the time. You know, then that's even longer ago, isn't it? So sort of twenty. Well, this is his ago. playing career. It was well before managerial career. So I yeah, wonder. So if- I never. Yeah, I never met him at the time, and uh, I bumped into him. And he said to me, oh, hi, Harry. He goes, so why do you call that badger, Gareth Southgate badger? And I said, oh, I, I don't know, Gareth. But obviously it was because he missed that. I felt like saying you missed that penalty. <laughs> yeah, have a guess. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it was just in the air, wasn't it? It wasn't anything personal. But it was funny to to um, to, <laughs> to meet him because it was every week, wasn't it? Gareth Southgate badger and Tasman Archer badger. <laughs> yes, Tasman Archer. And there was David Beckham badger, I think, as well, yeah. I still got them. Good yeah, times. Good times. Storage box. Do you do you look back on? I mean, how how does your your sort of comedy? Try not to. How does your comedy memory work? Do you remember gigs for gags, for things that worked and achieved, things that were that landed and slammed, or do you remember it for the audience, for the the, the fact that you farted in the green room beforehand, or whatever it might have been? Um, well, there's some you remember because things happened. I, I mean, I remember one of the last two, I fell through the stage at um, in Newcastle. Oh. I was playing <laughs> the, the, in, yeah, and the, the front of the stage, they put this kind of plywood thing on with, with lights. I think it was, because often you're appearing, when you're doing one-nighters, you appear on like the set of something that's already in. So right. and, uh, it was this, and I stepped forward onto this plywood and my foot went straight through and I fell off the stage and landed uh, landed on the laps of the people in the front row and then rolled off the laps onto the floor, right? And, the you know, because I had the band with me, they uh, they were like, <laughs> the keyboard player walked to the front, you know, and because I basically disappeared as far as the audience were concerned. It's part of the show. 
Yeah, and I jumped up. I'm alive, <laughs> and uh, it was really, really funny. And it, yeah, I almost couldn't top it. You know, everything I did after that wasn't quite as funny as falling off the stage. The visual, the so visual those sort of things. You know, I remember once there was a bloke who uh, he had a um, some sort of I think it was a heart attack or something, and the the ambulance that had to turn up. The interval was an hour long because of, you know things like that. Or I, I remember one I did in. Um, Oh, where the hell was it? He, this in the middle of the act. This guy walks up. He'd stripped down to his underpants, just walked down the aisle in the theatre, walked up onto the stage and stood there. Crazy. And I'm going, oh, hello, you know. And I'm thinking, any minute now, someone's gonna, you know, drag him to the ground and bundle him out of the building. But uh, no. And after a while, he wandered back. Well, he and just said, he just stood there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you had taken something. Oh, okay. And I said to the and I said to the the uh, stage manager afterwards, I said, well, why didn't someone you said thought it was part of the act? Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, with with the yeah. heart attack guy, I've had two questions on him. Firstly, mm. is he okay now? Obviously, got to, got to check. Do you know? Have you had an update on his? Well, it's a long time ago. Right. But he was, I think, you know, he was, uh, he, he went to, they took him to hospital. He stretched it off. Okay. Took him to hospital. Yeah. And my... laughing too much. It was too funny. It was just, it was, it was so funny. funny someone's heart collapsed on them uh, but yeah but the obviously the other thing is it's a, it was a very well-known thing you you were a doctor before you were a yeah. comedian did you sort of leap in and and do the doctor in the house route and save him or was that not appropriate um i knew that the ambulance was on its way <laughs> i mean the problem is now i'm more dangerous you know it's that thing of having a little bit of knowledge you know not i don't really know enough i don't remember enough to be particularly helpful i think i'd be you know, more you know dangerous than um, I remember uh, I was on the way to a. The last time I stopped for an, it was for a, you know a kind of medical emergency. It was maybe ten years ago. I was on the way to a friend's. Uh, oh God, you know, um, 18th birthday party. I was a godfather. Anyway, driving along, come around the corner, and there's a car with the door swung open. And there's a bike with a bloke on lying on the floor. I drove straight past, and the kid said to me, "You need to get back, Dad, don't you?" There were a few people around. I thought, oh, God, so reverse back up. And this guy is sort of lying there. And uh, I couldn't think of anything, couldn't think of anything of the things you're supposed to do, right? And I said, um, I said to the bloke lying there, and there was a few people around. I said, um, have you been drinking, sir? And he said, yes. <laughs> and I said to the, uh, the, the bloke with him, I said, have you called for an ambulance? He said, yes. And I said, okay, well, I need to go now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was like Superman, you know. Let me throw him Just, a doctor. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, the long and the short of it is, you know, although it's, you know, everyone talks about me being a doctor, it is like 30 years ago now. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. longer even. Because yeah. you, you, you had the chance, sorry to pry, but you, you had the chance to kind of, Revisit, revisit doctoring during during the COVID. Uh, yeah, outbreak. yeah, they got in touch. Yeah, that's how desperate things were. <laughs> they got in touch with me. Uh, yeah, I got this right around Robin because I was still um, uh, on the records, you know, as a retired doctor. Okay. Yeah, I got this round Robin from the GMC saying, uh, you know, will you come back? We're looking for retired doctors, return to work and all this. And I, in a kind of public spirited way, and after, you know, a couple of gin and tonics, I clicked on the um, link 
And before I knew it, I was it was a bit like a sort of Franz Kafka thing. I'm ticking these boxes. And before I know it, there's a, a lady on the phone to me wanting to talk to me about my return to work. Amazing. And by that, yeah, I was really anxious about it, I'll be honest. Really. I was, uh, part of it was they sent me this kind of link to get me back up to speed. So there's a series of tutorials, right, that you had to... Um, and so I started doing one, and it was taking me hours. And I thought, Christ, this is going to take five years. So it wasn't multiple choice then? I can't, you know, it was like, it, was, it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't like just, oh, yeah, I remember like that. It was, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, really? Everything's changed. You know, I don't even, you know, I mean, when I was a, a doctor, there were only, you know, there were different antibiotics, and, you know, it's all, everything's changed, Yeah, believe me. So, so it didn't, um, it didn't you know, there's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason why you have to keep up to speed. So you couldn't you couldn't write a prescription now, could you? Or, or was that still? Well, I think I could now. I think I could now because they said that's a very good point. What do you want? I mean, there's a. I've got a list. I'll I'll send it to you if that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was. So I am back fully registered. I think now. Uh, but um, unless they've changed, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it ended up with this FaceTime call with this lady. Asking me to start work on Monday at the Nightingale Hospital, Reexel Nightingale Hospital, which is terrifying. And she said, "Well, you know, we'll be in touch with you." And then, fortunately, everyone was washing their hands and you know, staying indoors. And you know, they never actually pressed that into action, did they? That okay? Giant yes, yes, the massive one. So yeah, you, you, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't say, "Oh, well, could you go here?" When she Facetimed you. Mm. Did she recognize? No, because I know. That's why I thought. I thought this is it. I, I thought to myself, "Oh yeah, we'll do the FaceTime. She'll recognize. Yeah. You. We'll have a laugh." Did you put the big collar on and, and you know probably? Well, I had a beard. Yourself. Oh, you know, everyone had a beard yeah. in the lockdown. Yeah, yeah. It's cursing my facial hair, and <laughs> um, you know, and she, I'll be honest, she didn't look like an ITV viewer. Oh, that's a shame. She looked more like a sort of yeah, Radio Four. You know, curled up on the sofa with a Hillary Mantel. That's a shame. I mean, that could have been a yeah. fun. That could have been a fun moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, oh well, you know, yes, it's me, of course. Yeah, I'll put you down for tickets, Dawn. <laughs> you know, you come to fast <laughs> track your nephews onto Junior Bake Off, and um, we'd all have a laugh about it. But no, no, yeah, not going to happen. They were desperate. <laughs> Although my friend who was a, is a doctor, so I get as soon as I get off that FaceTime, I call my friend. So I've got a few friends who are still doctors. And he's, he's a GP and he says, I don't know why they're asking you. He said, we've got nothing to do here. You know, because the GPs, they all closed their surgery. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. He said, you know, I'm embarrassed. Every Thursday when they're uh, standing on the steps clapping, he said he hasn't <laughs> He's been hiding in his house. Um, but I'm sure that's not a typical story. I, I was going to say, I think that's, that's mm. probably just unique yeah. to him. Fair enough. Yes, um, it was. Harry, I'm, I'm mindful of time and all the rest of it. We've got a lot to yeah. talk about. We've got a lot to plug. Uh, can we talk quickly about mm. this incredible, you're, you're kind of going out on a limb here, even for you who have done everything and worked in front of every crowd and, and, and all the rest of it. I would yeah. suggest that this is something that even you and a man of your skills has never taken on before. And this is a show that you will be uh, guesting in at the Park yes. Theatre. It's called Who Done It Unrehearsed 2. And you, nobody knows when, what night you'll be performing. Nobody knows what night anyone will be performing. There's a bunch of celebrities no. and it's almost like a, a kind of one of those wheel of fortune, spin the wheel draws. Who, who are and they going to get? And you walk out. 
Yeah, and yeah, and they've out. got lots of really, they've got some uh, some great people. You know, they've got um, Lee Mack, you heard of him? Lee Mack. He's, he Rob rings Ryden, a bell. He's a comedian. David he? Mitchell, yeah. all those, all the Would I Lie to You team. And so, yeah, the idea is that you, uh, what they've told me is that I just turn up a half past six and you put an earpiece in. Yeah. So I don't see the script. So the cast are all rehearsed and it's a whodunit. It's a murder mystery. And I'm fed the lines through an earpiece by someone backstage. That's right. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I, I thought that sounds like fun. And, you know, I'm a fan of the Park Theatre. You, have you ever been to the Park Theatre in many, Park? Many, many times. I'm, I'm extremely good friends with the guy who built it, Jez Bond. Jez. Yes. Jez Bond, who is an absolute uh, force of nature, isn't he? He is. He is. He is uh, he's one of the most enthusiastic people I've ever met. It's exhausting. I've known and, him my entire adult life. He ages me every yeah, time. Love him. Yeah. He's very can do, but you know the the long and the short of it is that his theatre, like a lot of theatres, have, have really uh, been struggling because of the you know, lack of revenue from the various lockdowns and so forth. So it's a fundraiser, yeah. really, to keep the uh, the place going. Um, and I am doing, and he hasn't told me, but he's given me two options. He says he's going to confirm it, so I couldn't even tell you if I if I wanted to what, what night I'm doing it, but. Um, who knows what it'll be like? Have you been to it before? I have. I saw Jason Manford doing it. And oh, right. uh, it was, it, it was fun. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting because they've got this amazing, this, I mean, it's a sort of who's who that some of the guest names are astonishing, but yeah. it's, it's a blend of the comedians that you've mentioned. And then of course, some real stalwart actors, you know, like yeah. Ian McKellen and Emma Thompson yeah. and Gillian Maureen Anderson. Maureen, exactly. Caroline Quentin. I mean, they're huge, yeah. huge names performing. Mm. And so I'm, I'm Ronan Keating. I see is doing that, that'll be a bit of a wild card one as well, because of course the actors, they'll, done it. They'll, well, there yeah. you go. They'll bring a very sort of theatrical performance. I'd have thought, you know, they're being the, the big detective, whereas the comedians, you guys are used to working an audience and ad libbing and so on, but you can't ad lib too much when it's being pre-blocked no. and you've got eight other actors on stage with you doing, doing their thing. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be a lot um, of fun. I know Tim Vine uh, did it last time and he said it was a, a real laugh, which is uh, part of the reason I did it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is, it is terrific. So and the audience is, is all on your side as well, which, which always helps. Yeah. Initially anyway, that's the, uh, and that is the 9th to the 12th of March, isn't it? That little run. That's right. I don't know what, it's sort of 7.30 start or something. Yeah. And I think there are some weekend matinees as well. It's, there's a lot of performances. I mean, it's parktheatre.co.uk for, for details. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, tickets are selling like hotcakes, Harry. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's the Good. hottest yes, ticket Well, that's town. the thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, part of my interest in the park theatre is that Jez has helped us. Um, you know, we've written this musical about Tony Blair, so he has helped, uh, you know, we did a little work in progress there and I'm, uh, we're hoping that that will, um, be running at the park later in the year. Oh, that's great. Well, that, I mean, that's if a different, the, um, that's a different approach, yeah. Harry, because you've, you, you previously had a musical, which you're laughing now. I mean, it, it was, it was a musical about so, sort of about the X Factor, sort of about Simon Cowell. And didn't you put it on somewhere massive, like the London Palladium? I mean, well, that's the irony. Massive. That's the irony, Andy, is that we, you know, our last musical opened at the London Palladium, 2,400 seats. And uh, this one hopefully will open at the Park Theatre, which is uh, was about two hundred sixty something. But yeah, but we, isn't that the way know, to do it? You know, you you build it, yes. you, you you bring it. It's to how a, everyone does it. Yeah, not to go in yeah. with you know two and a half thousand seat capacity from day one. Surely, 
Yeah, it wasn't our choice, Andy, but uh, it was very exciting. And, you know, we got swept along by the whole machismo of the whole thing. You know, it's like Simon Carl, it's got to be the. They were falling over themselves to, uh, to let us have these massive. Uh, if there's been a bigger one, we probably would have gone there. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, yes, so that's my kind of slight ulterior motive. Oh, I see. In, you know, you're, you're, you're in, just in, staying in, a, in good um, favour. I'm, well, I'm trying to save the park theatre for my own uh, ends. <laughs> Preferential rates as well. I mean, it's, mm. obviously you, you, you've you written these musicals alongside uh, musicians and so on. But, I mean, will you will you ever perform in it? Could you be Tony Blair? I mean, that could He be won't like... let me. The guy that writes, this is my bugbear, Andy. The guy that uh, writes the songs with me, Steve Brown, who has written, you know, he wrote... Um, he wrote a lot of jingles. So he wrote Wonky Donkey for Anton Deck. Okay. You know, so he's a one of the greats. One of the greats. <laughs> he wrote TV Highlight of the Week <laughs> and uh, TV Poetry Corner. So he basically, I've known him for a long time. And he is the keyboard player who was stepping forward to see where I'd gone off. I fell off the stage in uh, Newcastle. Brilliant. But he won't let me, he won't let me be in it. But that doesn't seem he right. Have, I mean, isn't that... I haven't got a good enough voice. Could you have a speaking role? I mean, this this only seems well, right. Well, not in a musical, mate. Come on. Well, you kind of could. I saw Harry Enfield in The Windsors, and he that was a musical. He did, How was that? He I love that TV show. Didn't do a lot of singing. I love that show. It was a good yeah. show. It was a good show, and it was a great yeah. theatre musical where he didn't do a lot of singing. You could get away with it like that. You just need bigger Well, ears. like sort of talking it. Yeah. Well, I, my thing is that I can sing actually, and uh, that he's being a bit um, uptight. Seems harsh. Not letting me be in it. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I can see this is a driving a wedge between the two of you. Let's hope it doesn't <laughs> prevent the show from happening. Let's talk about the tour, Harry, because as you know, I'm coming. I've already been upfront about that, but I was, yeah. I was coming long before be I knew a, we were going to chat. So just are, you, are, you, um, are you in Guildford? Are you that uh, I'm, neck of the woods? I'm not that close, to be honest. It's a bit of a drive, but I, you know, it, it's fine. It's a compromise. I'm there will be a London date. We will, there will be a London date. Someone said this to me the other, the other day. Um, uh, for some reason, that's I've got I've got all the TBA. dates so far here, and I and none of them say London. Right. Hence, me having to default to Guildford. So yeah, you know, well, there that's... will be one. There will be one or two even, and uh, I'm also going to put in some new dates. Hopefully, in the because um, that takes us to it's October November, isn't it? Then I'm yeah. going to put some in in January. Um, uh, perhaps do a little because uh, there's not a Liverpool one either. There's a few gaps there. I mean, there's, there's like a lot of gigs though. There's a lot of gigs here. Yeah. I mean, will you not be exhausted? Yeah. You're starting on the 6th of October. You're touring what looks like pretty much every day until the 27th yeah. of November, each one in a different place. There's no nights where you're doing two in one venue. You're going to be knackered, yeah. aren't you? Well, um, yeah. I mean, it is. you can't really do anything during the day is the truth. Okay. You know, most of the time you just sort of, you know, just kind of, I mean, there's a funny thing. You know, in the old days I used to, you know, I would come off and I'd knock back great big pints of lager and, you know, all the rest of it. And then um, the last tour I did, which is, you know, as I say, the last one I did, basically it was just would come off stage, get in the car, fall asleep, wake up at home. <laughs> tragic. Tragic, really. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. It is, you have to, and I, I you know, I did this, um, I did, I've been doing some tryouts. And I and I uh, I have found that it's I need to just yeah I have to be sort 
sort of match fit. I forgot about how much I move around. <laughs> okay. You know, most people don't. Yeah. You know, if you just go and see Alan Davis, he, he's not stand still. He could have or a dead chair. Like a, you know, he might sort of, you know, parade up and down a bit, but I'm all over the place, particularly with this um, chooser phone I've got. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. But it's, but you don't, you're not like Lee Evans. You don't kind of finish the show literally made of Drenched water. in sweat. Yeah. Yeah, not no, not quite. Don't move around as much as him. But he said to retire. That's why he had to retire. <laughs> <laughs> what his joints went. Are you, um, I mean, are you, is there are, is there some apprehension? Because obviously, it's been a long time for, for everybody. It's been a long time since being back on the stage with the COVID delay right. and everything else. But obviously, as you say, for your tour, you've life has got in the way for you. Your television success and so on has has curtailed your ability to to be one on one with an audience. So, I got greedy. <laughs> I got greedy with the TV work, let's face it. Bank the and, cash. Um, and uh, so, um, what was the question? Well, there is a bit, of, I mean, you know, it's always, it, it's, the thing is, I think with most comics is you seesaw between thinking that you're uh, brilliant, the funniest thing in the world, and everything you say is funny, to thinking, why am I doing this? Uh, no one's going to come, no one's going to laugh. You know, it's, it is a bit of that, really. So, um, but that's why you have tryouts. You know, you have tryouts, and I've and I've been doing these ones, and it's and I've been really uh, really enjoying it. It's um, I think it's, it's partly getting older. You you, it's not that you don't care as much, but you you sort of know the, you sort of know the how it works. You okay. know that some nights will be better than others, but you know they'll all be. I mean, some of the, the gigs that I remember as being not particularly good. You know, years later, I've had people come up to me and say, oh, I saw you. In, I remember one in York on the Hoobs tour. And it just sticks in my mind as being tough, like really hard work. And I, I remember someone coming up, oh, I saw you in, on the Hoobs tour in York. Oh, you know. And so, you know, your my perception of it is different to, you know, to um, the punters. You're listening to the Andy J Podcast, and we really appreciate having you here with us. If you're enjoying the show, why not leave us a lovely review and perhaps five stars and subscribe wherever you're listening, as it really does help. The Andy J Podcast. Yeah, but it's because you know what to expect, whereas they've got something completely new. You know, yeah. that's, that's the thing. They've had the, t- the night of their lives where you're like, well, they weren't as good as last night. Well, that didn't land quite as well as yeah. the night before. You'd be hypercritical, yeah. analysing everything from the audience. You yeah. almost judge your audience in a way. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to be, you know, I mean, you can't beat yourself up too much, but I think you have to be uh, tough on yourself. Otherwise, you know, the worst comics are the ones who think they, you know, they stormed it and it was, you know, they didn't storm it. You know, it's you have to sort of learn. That's how you learn, I guess, you know. Yeah, but I, I mean, as as somebody that has seen you from the early days, you know, I remember I I, I have a memory of you at, at Edinburgh Festival at the Fringe. You mean really? you know, about a thousand years ago? You know, bef- yeah. before the the sort of persona had had fully established, and and you yeah. were, you were killing it then. In fact, didn't you win an award back then? That's, this is my hazy memory. Apologies if you didn't. Yeah, have, have really stacked. Yeah, I no, I did. did though, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. I, I I have no memory. I've seen you a lot. I've no memory of you ever even being heckled. Oh yeah, no, I've had some bad ones. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, particularly when I was doing the clubs. I mean, um, remember Jonglers? I do remember in Jonglers. Bad to see. Yeah, yeah. So those places, which were big clubs, 
I mean, most clubs, as you know, in uh, comedy clubs in London are like rooms above pubs. But this was, although it was a room above a pub, it was massive and it was run in a very sort of slightly corporate way. And so at Christmas, they would have big office parties. And I remember going on there and I used to do that beds, beds, beds routine. Do you ever see me do that? I do beds, beds, beds. And it ends up, yeah, it's about my dad opening a bed shop and and it didn't really have a punchline, but it, but it was about... <laughs> It ended up with me saying, beds, 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 beds. And um, they started just shouting it at me. And I stopped and they just carried on. So I then had to just walk off. And as I'm walking <laughs> off through the crowd, they're all going, beds, 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 as I walk past them. So, yeah, there have been uh, weird odd ones. Yeah. That, that I think any comic positive. will tell you the same. Yeah, but well, you know what? They're the best stories. You know, you get the best stories out of the bad ones. Weirdly, you know, when things go wrong, it's much funny. I mean, you know, I had this autobiography out uh, Christmas, and um, that is the sort of the idea of the book. Is it's main? It's sort of more about what has gone wrong, just because I think it's more entertaining, and you do learn. You learn more from it. Well, you seem surprised you know? in, in the autobiography, which is called Fight, incidentally. Uh, was mm. it 30, 30 years? Not quite at the top, if I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. also not factually true. But you you seem a little harsh on yourself. I mean, is that... Well, my mum said that. My mum said that. She said, why are you so hard on yourself? Um, but I think... Uh, well, my kind of default is uh, position is sort of underdogs, um, you know, self-effacing type thing. And I think that, um, I think, yeah, honestly, your successes speak for themselves. You don't have to, I don't have to, you know, tell anyone what my successes are because, you know, I've had a lot of success and I've been very lucky. But um, I think what tends to happen is the, the kind of flops or things that went wrong tend to be just forgotten. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, they live in your memory, but not necessarily the public's. Yeah, weirdly, yeah, because you think, oh, yeah, that was, and when, when you have something that doesn't go quite right, you know, like the musical or, you know, the time I was a DJ for Capital Radio, you, um, no one remembers them. No one really, you know, they, if you have a big enough hit, you know, like I have with TV Burp and perhaps with uh, You've Been Framed to an Extent, they, um, they forgive you. Yeah. They sort of just forgive you. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's weird. It's really weird. And you think of, and any comic has got these sort of skeletons in their cupboard. Um, you know, and it's, and it's the same for them, for them too. Are we going to see know? any more alien fun capsule? Because that was a lot of fun. No. Oh, come on. No. No, the job is done. You know, since we've done that, there's been no alien invasion. So it was kind of felt like we'd done the job. Well, they don't and, want to come um, down because of COVID. The, the, the disease gave really, away. It didn't really, it didn't get the um, ratings that ITV wanted is the honest answer. So, uh, and it's quite interesting. I don't think I put this in the book. But what happened was we got the ratings. Actually, you know, we did three series. That's plenty. As Tim Vine said to me, it's one more series than I've ever got from um, from doing a TV thing. So um, it was a lot of fun, sort of. And um, the ratings in the last series 
you know, they put it out in the summer. You know, they start, you, you get a sense when it's not, not a great quite, sign, to be fair. It's not a great sign. They're not backing it, you know. Nobody's uh, indoors at this time of day. It's sunny. They've got other things to be doing. Yeah, they're all out yeah. burning sausages. And, um, and the rep of the, when they got the ratings on it, something, I've forgotten what we were sandwiched between. I think it was like celebrity catchphrase, alien fun capsule, and something. I can't remember what it was. Um, some big show. And uh, the ratings were like three million for celebrity catchphrase. Two million, or thereabouts, for the alien fun capsule, and then three million again for the <laughs> So it was clear, you know. There's an indicator. They weren't, they weren't just turning over; they were turning off. They would rather <laughs> not do anything, watch anything, than watch that. Yeah, so I don't know. I think it's. Um, I think you know, Saturday night TV's changed a lot. Now. I think you know they're all up against it money wise, and it was quite an expensive show to make, and. Um, they don't really do like up and straight up kind of comedy shows anymore. Yeah, true. Saturday night. True. No, the, the, the kind true. of flavor of the network has changed. But I loved it for what it's worth. I thought it was a wonderful yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. I was. I think, you know, uh, some of the bits on that were as good as uh, some of the best stuff I've ever done. You know, the little hand going out of the um, Sally, what I've made, whatever, from um, Corey's, her little tiny hand. And um, yeah, and it was it was fun. It was, it, you know, it wasn't quite, I think we, you know, the third series, we got the hang of it, oddly. And that's the other thing with comedy is it does take you, you know, no, you can't get it right straight. And it's the same with TV Burt, you know, the first three series of TV Burt weren't great, um, but no, what, they put it out at odd times, no one was aware of it. So it meant kind of that we could get it right, you know, under the radar. So that when we were, when we did get it right, um, you know, the work, that work had been done sort of in a kind of um, hidden way. Yes, yes. And now you see it's all like, it's all, uh, you've got to, it's got to hit straight away. And that's why these sort of quiz shows or bringing, you know, catchphrase back or any of the stuff sort of is a bit more of a better bet for them, I think. Well, it's just a banker, isn't it? You know, they know that it's, they've got the history. Of- they think, how bad can it be? Yeah. They think, how <laughs> That's the, that's the worst it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. So I'm not, apart from obviously Junior Bake Off, it doesn't sound like you're going to be doing a, a huge amount on telly for the foreseeable, is that? Am I completely No, wrong? no. No, you're right. I mean, I've got lots of projects, um, but I kind of feel, it was a weird thing with Alien Fun, uh, Fun Capsule, because actually when they said, oh, you know, maybe we won't do anymore, I thought, oh, hmm, okay, fair enough. You know, it was a bit miffed. But... Um, but actually, it's been quite nice for me to just step off the, um, you know, whatever it is, the treadmill slightly. Because I always, you know, for, God knows, 25 years perhaps, I did a, a TV show every year. And, and often two, sometimes three. You know, I do um, 30 You've Been Frames, you know, 20 TV birds. You know, so in some ways... Yeah, I think sometimes it's nice to have a break, you know, break, come back, you know. And and there's no point in just doing TV for the sake of it. You know, I think you've got to do something that you want to do. And and um, actually, you know, the Junior Bake Off gig is, is the best job I've ever had, I think. Really? Yeah. It's just such, it's such an easy job for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically... You just show up. Sort of. I mean, there's a few things you write, you know, little sketches at the top and, uh, you know, some of those kind of time calls. But most of it, I literally just, you know, walk into a tent with, you know, 10 kids and start uh, making stuff up. You know, and I talk. The thing is, when you watch it, (laughs) 
when you watch it, um, I'm not in it that much, you know, because it's not about me. But, but in, the fact of it is, I am there for one hour during the technical challenge, and I'm there for two hours during the whatever the other one, the showstopper, and I talk all the time. There is absolute gems being cut out of that show. <laughs> <laughs> Just being left on the floor because it's not flower based. Yeah, but it was a good. It was a good example for me. You see. Having always done stuff that was tightly scripted, you know, I would always write the script, very controlling and all this. So for me, actually, the, the, the biggest challenge for me was to do something where I had to ad-lib. And I was never very confident about ad-libbing. Um, and they asked me to do it because I did that celebrity bake-off. Okay. And, uh, and I, was, I just happened to be on, I don't know, I was on good form. I was just mucking about. And... Um, and they were, uh, and so, you know, I felt like you know, the part of it is if you're making it up, you have to be able to trust the production company. Right. In other words, if you sort of say something inappropriate or you, you say something that's not very funny, you know, they're going to protect you. Yeah. That, that the, doesn't make the cut. We're good. It's only, only exactly. the goal. Only the goal. Yeah. Whereas, you know, some production, some shows, as we know, we, a lot of reality shows and it is a kind of reality show. They, you know, they want you to trip up, you know, I'm a celebrity or something. They sort of want a bit of trouble. Yeah, they want the breakdown and the controversy. Yeah, they want the you know a bit of argy bargy. So, um, so actually, yeah, I've been really, been really enjoying that. Uh, and the kids are just really funny. It's something you learn a lot about. You know, I mean, a big part of my act is sort of me being childlike, isn't it? In some ways, and um, and that gets refreshed just by kind of um, you know talking to them in a way because my kids are a bit older now i was going to say you've got three daughters haven't you yeah yeah but they're um yeah one's uh, 54 57 <laughs> are you an, no, hang on, are you, an, are you an empty nester then harry not quite not quite i've got a 17 year old so she's, okay okay yeah, she's, I have... she's facing her mocks after and uh you know Never took an exam yet, you see, because she had the issues of lockdown. Yeah, of course. Oh, blimey, that must be very surreal. I mean, I've, I have three sons, and they're, they're, mm. they're also 54, 57, and, and 17. And, uh, and I'm terrified about when they go. I mean, the house is going to be quiet and boring. Oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, me and my wife, we talk about this. We had a baby within a year of being getting together, really. So we never really had a lot of time. Just sort of, you know, doing oh, what yeah. we wanted. Yeah. What happens if you find that you don't like each other? You'll be like, oh, hold on. It was just about well, the kids. That. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's more, that question's more about your relationship than mine, I think. No, I was, I'm fortunate. <laughs> I, was, I was with my wife for, for, for 39 years before we had children. So we know we can, we can just about hang on. We're, we're all right. Yeah. You're the one that jumped in after the year, Harry. That was, uh, that was bold. Yeah. Well, I was, old, you know, I was um, 95. Anyway. Mm. The, um, mm, mm, mm. The, <laughs> there um, it is. It's coming back. Yeah, it is. It's come back. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, um, the thing is my kids who, you know, so they, they're in their twenties. They live in London. So we've got one in Camberwell, one in Peckham. And so I see them, you know, regularly. 
Do you, you know what I mean? Do you vet the boyfriends? Do you vet the? Like, what kind of a dad are you? Are you the sort of bodyguard dad? It might be, might be girlfriends. I don't want to make assumptions. But... I welcome any male company. <laughs> my, three girls. My wife is a is a woman, and my um, well, even one of the dogs is. Uh, I won't say it, but is is a female dog. <laughs> so um, no, I welcome them. You know, they're, they're all a bit, you know, like scared. I think. Well, oh, yeah. The, the, Famous that dad. Age, particularly that age, you know, the 23-year-old bloke. You know, a bloke who's now 23, basically was watching TV but when they were a kind of impressionable teenager. And it was a lot of, you know, a lot of teenage boys did really like that show. You yes. Know, something sort of a bit, I don't know what it, anyway, but so it does tend to be that age group that kind of their eyes glaze over a bit, if I'm, you know. Bump into them more. Yeah, they just get a bit scared, basically. Mm. Yeah, well, that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's that's what that's you need. Great. You need that it's gravitas, fantastic. right? Yeah, revered. If I can grant you one wish right now. What are you? What are you having? What? What for lunch? No, it's, it's up to you. You can you can do whatever you want. It's your wish. If you want to, if you want to have lunch, you can have lunch. But it seems like a little waste. Well, what is my wish? Is the is yes? The question, what is the it? wish that I'm granting oh. for you? Because I obviously have these magic radio powers, as you you tuned into. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Um, I'm not sure. I have a wish. What? Um, well, I would like to. Um, I'd like my wife to stop going on about moving. Is that possible? I'd never. <laughs> that, I can't do that. You could. You could have had anything else. Anything else? You could have had a, a fifth leg if yeah. you to go with your other four or whatever you wanted, but you can't. Yeah. Could you put some sort of lock on her laptop? That's... Google <laughs> houses. Um, is she? Is she? Well, a... I would like to. I would like to be able to. Um, you know, what I with this tour, one of the things that I have struggled with is remembering the uh, the stuff. Okay. So I would like to, and that is a worry. That is a slight worry. So a memory, yeah. basically. You wish. So for I'm not worried that it won't be funny, but I'm slightly worried that I'll forget it. Could you have? Could you not so have I auto would... cues hidden in, in different places, just as a backup? Yeah, the problem is, if you have the backup, then you never learn it. Oh, okay. So you do have to learn it. So, uh, for instance, and and a part of this too is I'm learning things. I'm trying to learn like things that are very detailed. It's a, it's a kind of new direction for me. So I've got this gag about uh, songs. <clears throat> Basically, I go, um, I start saying, I was thinking the other day, lady, um, I was thinking the other day, Lady Lady Lay, La Bamba, Label with Love, Lady, Ladies Night, Lady in Red, Ladies of Tramp, Lady Marmalade, Layla, Land of Hope and Glory, Land of Make Believe, Landslide, Language of Love, Las Vegas, Last Christmas, Last Night a DJ Saved My Life, Last an International Playboys, Lately, Laura, Lean on me, leaving on a jet plane, leave a light on. Let it be, let it be me, let love rule, let's hang on to what we've got, let's twist again. <laughs> let's spend the night together. Um, live and let die, like to get to know you well. Long haired love from Liverpool, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Why does Elle get all the best songs? <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> and then I go, and then I go, <laughs> and I go, I was thinking, Mar Baker, Macarena, Mac the Knife, across the park, mad about the. And I go all through Brilliant. the M's. Brilliant. Amazing. So I've been learning M's and I've just been learning N. Crazy. At one point I thought maybe I should learn, learn all the alphabet. But the I entire. The well, I mean, that, no, that's an idea. But what are you, are you, is there only number one hit singles or is, is it just whatever you like? It's just ones. 
ones on your radar. Just, yeah, I just went through like a list, you know, got that book of, yeah, I suppose they're well-known songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Nancy with a laughing face, nasty boy, nasty girl, neighbours, maybe the elephant, there's some drama, and we keep uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're going to need a great memory. Crikey. Amazing. Yeah, but you can do it. If you've got enough time, you, you know, I can do it. Well, you've got eight months. Is I mean, apart from performing at the Park yeah. Theatre for, for one night only, which will be a special mm. spectacular, mm. is there anything else apart from your testing, obviously, the material out? Is there anything else that's filling your time or have you got that time to dedicate to I'm working, memorizing yeah, songs? No. Well, I'm trying, to give, I'm trying to give myself enough time, you know, rather than sort of, you know, I, I want this to be a, a really good um, show. I went to see, I tell you what made me kind of want to go back on tour as well. I went to see uh, David Byrne when he came to London. It was a couple of years ago now, and he did his uh, American Utopia. Okay. Sure. Now, I'm a big fan of Talking Heads and David Byrne, and yeah. he came on, and he could really, it was the Hammersmith Apollo, he could have just come on and sung the songs with a band, but he had this fantastic kind of show, which was all the band were, were unplugged. They all had, um, it was all wireless, it was amplified, but it was, there, so they were able to wander around, the bass players. Okay. And the, and it's, they're dancing and moving around and it was just breathtaking. You know, I, it was just phenomenal and the atmosphere was fantastic. And I thought to myself, David Byrne, he's what, you know, 65 or something. He's still really going for it. And I thought, yeah, you need to up your game. Yeah. Because in, uh, it, although it looks, I mean, p- part of it is, my life shows is a feeling of slight chaos. But um, what I'm trying to do with this tour is get something which is absolutely bulletproof. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That is just so tight. You know, there's built-in chaos, you know, because there'll be audience participation and, and you know, I've got this, uh, anyway, yeah. Um, but th- yeah, so that's my aim for it. And I think I just need to spend the time on doing it. Right. Is the right. answer. And that is I've got right. other things. I've got this film I'm trying to, um, it's a caveman film I'm trying to get off the ground. Is, is, that, is it? Does it involve yes, a cassette player and, uh, and some instructions? What was it? Nan- Nando's it, or something? Is that right? Was it Nando's? That you Nando's. Yes. Nando's. <laughs> yeah. You are the only person that only did that. Twice no, come on, that can't be right. This, you've just you've just confined that to your memory of that wasn't quite no. the best character. In fact, I was talking to David Earl and Joe Wilkinson about it the other day because um, because David Earl was there. The that comedians, night. I think you, actually, the comedians. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, is, that, is that like a but, thing? Comedians um, always chat to each other about former gigs. Well, he was going on at me. Funny enough, yeah. I mean, he was sort of being very uh, sweet to me about. Um, so that's the other thing. There's like a generation of comedians who um, who came to see me when they were teenagers. <laughs> so, which makes me feel very old, but, but you know, it's, it's very sweet. But he, but he was saying, "Oh, you're the first comedian I ever saw." And That's really cool, though. I mean, the, a yeah, huge well, responsibility. Well, you don't look your age, Harry. I'm a, I'm aware of your age. I won't mm. reveal it if you don't want me to. But you, fifty-seven. You, you're fifty. So there you go. All right, you're fifty-eight mm. this year in October. There you go. Look. Yeah, we'll be in, by the time probably. In but, fact, yeah. you'll have just you'll have just gone fifty eight by the yeah. time you play G Live. So we should have a small birthday party for you. Yeah. Ever, ever so slightly belated. I mean, mm. does that bother you in any way? You know, the, with the, the kind of what? couple of couple of years from sixty, does that does that mean anything or is it irrelevant? 
Well, I think personally, as far as like the act goes, I think it gets funnier. I think it's funnier because my character was always like a kind of slightly fogeyish kind of guy, wasn't he? Isn't he? I mean, I'm sort of so to me, it's funnier that I am, you know, late fifties and rolling around on the floor, you know, and being like a kid. To me, that's funnier, uh, and I think you. I remember Frank. Um, you know, saying something about how he um, he felt funny. If all the time you feel funny, then you're okay. You know, if there's ever a day, I guess, where you think, oh yeah, I don't really, I don't really feel funny enough. You know, whether other whether other people find you funny or not is another matter. But I think you have to you have to find yourself funny fundamentally in in the first. You know, I mean, it's, and it's partly a kind of um, folly. You know, you kind of convince yourself. Okay. You know, you have to sort of, you have to kind of talk yourself into it in a way. Like, do you make yourself laugh out loud when you come up with a new gag or a new character or like you've just listed off all the songs, in, you know, the, the L's and so on? Does it, yeah. do you? Yeah, I do. I'm, I honestly, yeah, I do. But but that does not always mirrored by the audience reaction, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, it's very hit and miss writing okay. material. You know, you write jokes and I might think, oh, yeah, God, that's it. Yeah, oh, that's really funny. It's just, it's, uh, you know, it's endlessly fascinating to me in that, you know, you can try something and then just change one word in it and suddenly it's the difference between it being really funny and not being funny at all. Yeah, like if, if you found out, for example, that, that, I don't know, the letter D would have been the best one to choose from the alphabet, would you that, be, would you be I miffed? Think it's, that I think is a that's a slight myth. That's the sort of thing that people go on about funny words and funny letters. I think you know. I think you can't overanalyze it. I think it's you, you just it's just a kind of instinct thing, isn't it? You, um, you know, uh, I think. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I mean, I'm struggling to think of a huge litany of hits that begin with D anyway. So you know, you're you're good. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be pretty awful yeah. if there was yeah. well, instantly there. tripping off the tongue. Okay, so the, ultimately the wish is for a better memory so that you can absolutely smash it for your tour, just to come full circle. It, and the wish I, one is of your that, jokes. I, that I knew it. The wish is that I now know it all, that, <laughs> I, that I have learned it. Yeah. Not that I've got to learn it or have the memory thing, but I already know it. That it's there, it's locked in, yes. It's my wish. Okay. It's my fervent wish. It's a solid, it's a solid wish. Excellent. Yeah. And are you still using Radox? Because I, you know, I, I really struggle to think of that every time I, I have a bath. That's like one of the first jokes. So that joke was something like, um, I bought that um, radar. I do like that Radox bath, isn't it? But it's yes. slightly more expensive than, uh, than the other bubble baths. And um, so I find when I buy it, um, I worry about how much it costs me, and uh, I can't relax. Sorry about that, isn't it? It's not. That isn't that's quite. A, no, that's, that's pretty much exactly. That's how I yeah. do it when I'm trying to do impressions of you, and I do ones about the mosquito, and it, it hits the it hits the, the, the thing, one. and it restarts its tiny heart, and off again. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just restarted its tiny heart. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Harry. It's uh, it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. I really have loved our chat. You probably can't hear what yeah. I've just said, but thank you very no, much indeed. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really good really to enjoyed it. Thanks, Andy. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Have a great time. I'll see you in Guildford. And may, maybe Guildford. at the park. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, Jez might tip you the nod. You never know. I will hope so. That would be brilliant. Fantastic. See ya. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Andy J Podcast.
I love him. I, I could have chatted to Harry. I can tell you this now, now that you've heard it. I was only actually going to get about 25 minutes with Harry. And if you noticed about halfway through, around about the 25 minute halfway mark, I do kind of make reference to the time and, and sort of kind of ish wrap it up and he then just kind of keeps going and I thought I just thought to myself in the moment I'm loving it as you can tell I was loving it I was just like let's just keep going if he wants to keep going I'll keep going this is great and so yeah there we go over an hour with the legend the maestro the funny man par excellence Mr Harry Hill I just loved it that was such a treat thank you very much for your company today I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed being in it it was just so much fun. Uh, what I can tell you as well is later this week, probably this week, we're still working out timings, probably at the end of the week, we'll be releasing a bonus podcast episode, which will be number 101 with a man called Paul Catamol. Now, if you're not aware of Paul's name, you'll be aware of his achievements. He was one of the seven in S Club 7, which was a genre-defining pop group. In fact, one of the most successful uh, pop groups of all time in terms of finances. You know, they had a string of hits around the world, but they also had spin-off TV shows, I think two spin-off TV shows, a club, a subscription service club, and a movie. So, as well as these amazing brand deals with things like Pepsi and so on. So, S Club 7 were a titanic success, and he was a member of S Club 7. He left, you know, the band, as everybody knows, the band ended, and he threw into troubled times actually he was in a relationship with one of the other members Hannah and that fell apart as well and and I think he had a bit of a rough old time he went bankrupt and very publicly he did things like trying to sell one of his Brit Awards on eBay to raise money and so on so he had a rough time of it and now he is well he reads tarot cards and he's a psychic investigator So he has the most fascinating story to tell, which is why I wanted to make sure that you could hear it in full. It's a long and fascinating chat. I really would urge you to check that out. Then next week, we'll be back to normal business, Tuesday episodes landing, and we have an hour with the incredible Ella Henderson, superstar, phenomenal singer, and someone that's done a lot of good in her world and been a real champion, actually. So... I'd love you to hear that. And then coming up over the next few weeks, we've other terrific names as we kind of dive into our hundreds. Uh, We've got Spencer Matthews on the way from Made in Chelsea, the the panto villain turned good, who now does amazing things with his life and is a happily married man with kids and so on. Kate Humble will be on the show very soon. In fact, I'm going to stop there because there's just so many great names on the way. You'll find out if you subscribe or you, whatever you're supposed to do. I can't remember what it's called these days. You just basically follow the show and we'll give you weekly updates or every time something drops it'll land into your pod box thank you so much for your company we really appreciate it go well I hope you've had a laugh today I hope this has made you smile and and ideally laugh and have a giggle I've really enjoyed it and I thank you so much for your company go well be kind and I'll catch you on the flip side bye bye the Andy J Podcast 